holiday. Mainland markets also closed until Thursday. In the ones that are open, the ASX 200 in Australia is up about uh, a quarter of a percent. Uh, looks like the Hang Seng may add about 30 or 40 points at the open this morning. In the commodities markets, Brent crude oil is up slightly at $67.72 a barrel. Gold is trading at $1,792 an ounce. Please join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. I'll be back then with Money Talk. Back chats coming up after the news with Hugh Chiverton and Ada Wong. The weather forecast for today, mainly cloudy with isolated showers, hot with sunny periods during the day. The maximum temperature is going to be around 30 degrees and the outlook is for a few showers tomorrow and then mainly fine and hot towards the weekend. It's 25 degrees right now, 92% relative humidity. Coming up to 8.31, here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. An employers group says it hopes the government will allow more time for foreign domestic helpers to get tested for COVID-19. Helpers usually have only one day off a week and were given nine days to take a test as the government tries to stop the spread of more infectious COVID strains in the community. Betty Young is the chairwoman of the Hong Kong Employers of Overseas Domestic Helpers Association. Now we have 370,000 foreign domestic helpers in Hong Kong. We do find that the dates for nine days for asking all this compulsory testing, the period is quite short. And we do hope that the government can give a longer period, maybe a few days. Yesterday, Hong Kong recorded the third day in a row with no local cases, but called on people who'd visited Citygate Mall in Tongchung to get tested and quarantined residents of a building in Chim Sa Choi overnight where a, mu- a suspected case of mutated COVID strain was found. The British Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab has spoken of a shift towards like-minded countries working more closely together after meeting the US Secretary of State Antony Blinken. The officials were speaking in London ahead of Tuesday's meeting of G7 foreign ministers. Mr Blinken said the US had no closer ally in tackling climate change, the pandemic and in defending democratic values. We'll continue our robust cooperation to address the atrocities in Xinjiang, uh, a crackdown on pro-democracy activists and politicians in Hong Kong, uh, which breaches China's international commitments. I also want to thank uh, the United Kingdom for joining us in holding Russia to account for its reckless and uh, aggressive actions. The World Health Organization has appealed for more help from rich countries to protect poorer ones against the coronavirus as the global vaccination gap widens. The head of the agency, Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, said up to 45 billion US dollars was needed to fund its COVAX program, which provides doses to low-income countries. He said G7 countries were in the best position to help. The G7 countries are the world's economic and political leaders. They're also home to many of the world's vaccine producers. The G7 countries could mobilize a substantial portion of these funds themselves and lead a global effort to accelerate vaccination around the world. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton and your co-host today is Ada Wong. COVID-19 and domestic helpers are the topics today, along with rising property prices in Hong Kong. The latest affection control requirements imposed on foreign domestic helpers have been met with strong criticism from both the employer and employee sides, with the helpers saying they feel discriminated against and employers complaining about a lack of solutions for possible labour disputes. And Indonesia has joined the Philippines in appealing for the fair application of coronavirus 
coronavirus measures as the domestic workers lodged a formal complaint with the Equal Opportunities Commission over the changes. Last Friday, authorities ordered all 370,000 foreign domestic helpers here to get tested before May the 9th, after two Filipino maids were found to be carrying mutated strains of the virus. Well, what do you think of this testing requirement for domestic helpers? Is it a form of discrimination or a sensible precaution, as the government insists? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page. That's Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us. And our telephone number is 233-88266. That's 233-88266. We look forward to hearing from you. And then after 9.15, as I say, we're going to be discussing why the price of property locally keeps going up despite the economic damage caused by COVID-19. Once again, your thoughts, questions and comments welcome. Our email address is backchat at rthk.hk. Just before we we get into the uh, uh, issue of uh, domestic helpers, um, just a couple of uh, other uh, emails on... uh other topics. Uh, these are uh, related to uh, to RTHK and, and, and to this program. Uh, Mary says, uh, Dear Backchat, it's ironic that the same day we receive our tax returns, we learn that RTHK is expunging its records, a storehouse of information paid for by the community. The indiscriminate destruction of records that cover a very wide variety of collective memory, the shared pool of memories, knowledge and information of a social group that is significant associated with the group's identity has been executed without adherence to the government's own guidelines. Mandatory records management requirements, drawing up an action plan to identify and protect record records. Uh, uh, this uh, is a uh, memo that is quoted by uh, Mary. Uh, that's the title. Uh, Purpose in accordance with paragraph general circular 2019, titled Mandatory Records. Uh, management requirements. Bureau and departments are required to draw up an action plan uh, not later than April 2012 to establish and implement a vital records protection programme. There is a list of 11 steps to be taken, including, quote, to ensure that vital records are properly maintained in usable and retrievable conditions, unquote. Taxpayers have a right to access the RTHK action plan and a full accounting as to how the sudden and systematic destruction of the archives funded by citizens without any form of public consultation can be justified. That's from Mary. That's uh, uh, in response to uh, RTHK deleting material from or taking material off uh, YouTube. Um, Thanks for that. Uh, Matthew says, uh, in relation to today's topic, uh, COVID again. Isn't today's backdrop topic exactly the same as yesterday's, just with the perennial safe space topic of housing prices thrown in for good measure? Backchat describes itself as a current affairs programme with expert panels and listener participation. It's obvious that now COVID is the only safe current affairs topic where the programme can get any credible experts to participate. For all of the relatively more important current affairs related to the rapid destruction of our freedom and way of life, government and elected officials and any other pundits of note are no longer permitted to appear on the programme, leaving us day after day with either the repetitive COVID discussions uh, or weak attempts at twisted, one-sided dystopian analysis by peripheral pro-authoritarian figures like Kolok Sang or Andrew Lung. Meanwhile, the current affair of the moment is actually RTHK and its rapid conversion into a ministry, ministry of truth type organ with the firing of Nobella Cossa and the cleansing of historic records. Backchat hosts have repeatedly explained that government and officials reject the invitation to appear on the programme, which I believe. But can you at least get your own RTHK management on tomorrow to address these issues and or invite Nobella Cossa or Bao Choi to talk about their experiences? If the answer is once again no, then it may be time to reconsider 
if Backchat is still really a current affairs program with expert panels. That's from Matthew. Matthew, thank you very much indeed uh, for that. Uh, into uh, today's uh, main topic, we're joined now by Annie Lestari, who's founder of the Association of Indonesian Migrant Workers, and Chan Tung Fung, who's the chair of the Union of Employment Agencies. Uh, Annie Lestari, we'll start with you. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for for joining us, uh, Mr. Starry. Do, do what do you make of this uh, this decision to have this uh, compulsory testing, uh, and also uh, the plan to uh, have a compulsory vaccination, uh, a condition of uh, employment uh, in, in the future? Do you think that uh, amounts to discrimination? Yeah, well, uh, we believe actually the Hong Kong government has been injecting discrimination in the supposed to be fighting uh, against COVID nineteen program. While we actually welcome uh, the decision of the government to include foreign domestic workers in the you know, vaccination uh, scheme, because we are also very vulnerable due to our work, uh, the nature of our work. Uh, but then uh, this recent decision actually shows that the Hong Kong government is really targeting domestic workers uh, you know, whenever there is a outbreak like this and there is one or even two domestic workers involved, suddenly the 370,000 population is being targeted into very unnecessary, discriminatory kind of policies like what happened now. So we feel this is very unfair, you know, like a lot of uh, my friends, even myself, feel like we already sacrificed enough uh, during pandemic. Many do not have holiday until now. And we also try to serve the employer so they will be free from the COVID-19. But then when it comes to protection, recognition, equality, you know, I think the Hong Kong government do not, do not even count us into the scheme. And we, since we are very voiceless, we have no right of a vote, we don't have support of political partisiers, then we are always being blamed and being targeted, uh, you know, every time there is an outbreak. Uh, a lot of times, um, you know, when when we have confirmed cases, we see whole buildings being evacuated or, you know, every single resident uh, being, um, you know, uh, mandatorily uh, tested. I think this is a public health issue. Um, how How is this different, uh, you know, to ask all the migrant workers uh, for well, testing? Well, it is very different because if, uh, for example, if in one building, for example, if uh, you know, like when there was a, a gym, you know, when the, the fitness center was actually having outbreak, the whole membership in the uh, fitness center was not required to do that. Only that part of the building will be required to undergo the testing. You know, it's the same. Also, even in Jordan, where I, Yamat in Jordan, where I live, there was also outbreak and the whole building was also being asked to do, um, you know, undergo testing. But this is 370,000 Domestic workers, we have nothing to do, perhaps. Don't even meet this one Filipina or two Filipina or two domestic workers who were infected. So what is the point of making us doing all those things while we are not really, you know, we, 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 we are not really, you know, there's this assumption that, you know, all of us are gathered all the time and we, we infect each other. It's really an assumption. So we don't, we, we, we respect when there's that kind of policy when you target, for example, if that person is really living in one building, so the whole building really have to be, uh, testing, but this is a population who has nothing to do to each other. We don't even meet on Sunday. We don't even know who that person is, you know. But suddenly, we, you know, the Hong Kong government is threatening us to do uh, testing and also uh, you, we will be criminalized. We, you will be fine if you don't do that. And then all the more, you, they will not approve the visa if you don't go for a vaccination. You know, so it's, it's becoming 
uh, a threat and even criminalization against domestic worker. I think that is the issue, but it doesn't apply to other type. For example, there was one Indian guy who was actually infected also, but not the whole Indian population in Hong Kong being forced to go to uh, uh, mass testing and vaccination. So what, why is it like that? Uh, but testing is not so hard, is it? Uh, you know, people are being tested all the time. Various groups. If you've been to a shopping centre, uh, you know, if you if you live in the building, um, all kinds of groups and and sectors are, are are tested. It's not so much of an imposition, is it? Oh yeah. Well, testing is not an issue. I think the issue is when make it mandatory. And by the way, all domestic worker in most of us, actually doing a voluntary testing already. Now, the second consequences of that, the government giving a deadline only for 10 days or even less than a week, I mean, seven or nine days. And then remember, these domestic workers are working full-time, taking care of elderly. They cannot even leave the house. That's why now you see on the 1st and the 2nd of May, the public holiday, there was a long queue of domestic workers, some even queue at 4 a.m., you know, and they're even spending for at least four to six hours just to get that kind of testing. When I ask them, when, when we ask them, why do you have to do it here? You can do it near your employer house on weekdays. Oh, I cannot go out. No one is in the house. My employer at work and I have to take care of elderly. Oh, some even say, oh, my employer doesn't like it. They don't even do testing. You know, if I ask them to go out on weekdays, they will not like it. So they don't want to antagonize. You know, but also they don't want to be fined because the government already said if you don't do a testing before 9 of May and then the, the, we caught you, you know, the, if, for example, the police come to Victoria Park or Central and asking, you know, so that your, your, so in your smartphone that you already do the testing and they don't, then they might be fined. So they don't, they don't also to be, they don't want to be fined. But this has become unreasonable, you know. Instead of giving us enough time or make it voluntary, it has become very unreasonable kind of uh, new regulation. Okay. Uh, Chan Tung Fong, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us, Chair of the Hong Kong Union of Employment Agencies. What, what do you make of this? First of all, with the testing policy, do you, do you think that's a discrimination or do you think that's just a, a, a wise precaution? Uh, yes, I, I think it's, if not discriminatory, at least it's a, a bit overreacting. Uh, as what we know, uh, the virus can go to every person, not only to this specific group of domestic helpers in Hong Kong, but it seems the Hong Kong government is focusing on this group uh, with much attention. Uh, anyway, uh, to test all workers and try to find out a virus, if any, it, it's, uh, it's good to society. But uh, I think uh, it leaves some sentiment to workers. I, I agree with this. But uh, right now, what we are concerned is about the time. Uh, does it really can test all workers within a few days? Because there are about 370,000 workers. It means every day you must test over 40,000. But it's quite impossible. I, I really have a doubt about it. And um, and what what about um, you know the the fact that um, this has actually uh, aroused the attention internationally, including uh, the Philippines Foreign Affairs Secretary uh, saying that um, uh, this is um, discrimination. You, you you know what 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 do you make of that? Uh, this one I, I should 
say this one, the decision makers in Hong Kong government, they are not really smart enough uh, in diplomatic uh, works. Uh, actually, in, in the early April, we had a meeting with the Philippine consulate. Uh, the, actually, they, they, they welcome they welcome Hong Kong government uh, to encourage workers for vaccination. And then uh, even I, I remember once very clearly, the consul general, uh, because just on, on the same day we have a meeting, he also got a meeting with a newly appointed uh, labor commissioner. And then uh, he's very happy to tell us, ah, I have a change to personal telephone with the labor commissioner. And then the labor commissioner promised to me, if there is any major policy involving domestic helpers or Filipino, I will inform you immediately. But finally, <laughs> everyone knows, no consultation, no uh, pre-information to the each party. That's why I, I, I agree and I can sense they are very angry to this kind of rude diplomatic uh, interaction. Anyway, uh, that, that's the diplomatic issues between two places. <laughs> I can't comment too much. But I do believe Hong Kong government can prepare or can do more consultation before they really release the important policy. Even the industry of the employment agency, sometimes we also feel angry or feel disappointed with the Hong Kong government. We try to send them many letters, we request for meeting, but they seldom, seldom or never try to approach us for some advice, for some ideas, especially for, for example, uh, when they announce the workers will not be given a visa if they don't receive the jabs or receive vaccination. Suppose we as employment players, we know and we are very familiar with the whole procedure. We can, pre we can predict or we can foresee this is quite impossible, but they still implement such kind of policy. Uh, that's so, why they... Um, why, 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 is it, um, why is it impossible and um, difficult uh, for... Uh, we, we're talking about contract renews and we are talking about uh, new, yes. uh, new arrivals uh, from either the Philippines or Indonesia or elsewhere. Okay, uh, let, let me explain this way. Because according to the government figure, every day there are about 500 people uh, preparing for renewal or transfer of contract. By this figure, it means every month, maximum, you can only handle about 10,000 to about 15. If, if minus the non-working days, it's about 12,000 something, 12,000 something in one month. And then for the whole of Hong Kong, there are 370,000. So how long it really finished all workers to be vaccinated required by the visa approval? It means it takes about one, one or two years to finish. Then if by two years and then you finish vaccination for all workers, what, what's the real intention of vaccination? After two years and then everyone gets vaccinated, then if there is any, any person really carrying the virus, the virus is spread very fast. It doesn't really 
I mean, the action doesn't really mean the aim itself. Well, okay, we've, uh, and this is an email from uh, Andrew Kay, who says, after listening to your guest, I now understand all domestic helpers are forced at gunpoint to come to Hong Kong to work. Who knew? I thought they came here to get better work than they could get in their own country. Doesn't I mean, that's sort of a... Uh, 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 way of uh, expressing the same point of view as uh, as uh, Lord Chi Kuang, who basically said, "Well, you know, helpers have a have a choice, uh, and if they want to come and work uh, in in Hong Kong, then they've got to abide by certain regulations, and one of them is going to be uh, have a vaccine, and that's just the the way it is. And they don't they don't have to do it if they don't want, but they don't have to come to work in Hong Kong. What's your view on that, uh, Mr. Chan? Uh, the other one is also about, of course, about the worries from workers or even from employers, uh, I don't think everyone, uh, based on the current situation, uh, current information available, I don't think everyone is suitable for, for vaccination. But by the, the government proposal, it seems everyone are compulsory to do it. So that's why there is a strong objection or strong uh, sentiment from the workers' concern. So if government, they can give some room for consideration with medical exper- uh, medical certificate or medical advisor from doctors, they can be waived from this scheme, then the conflicts will be much, much less than the current uh, situation. Any Listari, what, what do you make of that? The people don't have to work in Hong Kong, and if they don't meet the requirements, then um, do something else. That would That's what uh, Lu Chi yeah. Kong was saying. Well, that's very arrogant, very considerate, but also very hurting kind of statement. Remember, Hong Kong needs domestic workers since 1970s because they need people to be live in so Hong Kong families can go out and work. Now, we have been part of the Hong Kong Economic and Development and the Society, but then uh, the only thing that these domestic workers, you know, our, what we want is really about recognition to our contribution and also treat us equally to others. We don't want any so-called better than others kind of treatment. We just want to be equal to others. But I think what this government is always doing is either blaming us, scapegoating us, and beyond that, they, they in the end of the day, that's what uh, they said, you know, don't like it and don't work here. But the question is, like, I also share the same sentiment. Hong Kong families still need domestic workers, and now it's very difficult to even bring in the one from, from Philippines or Indonesia and other countries because of the lockdown. So... Um, so whatever number that we have left here are the ones who can really help the Hong Kong society. But then, again, this kind of regulation, uh, mandatory testing and even vaccination, how will it uh, actually solve the issue of the pandemic? Because, you know, as simple as this, um, even you vaccinate domestic workers, there are seven, more than 7 million population in Hong Kong, and many don't even enroll into the vaccination. Even a lot of employers do not want to be vaccinated. So you vaccinate one in the house, but four or five of them in the house are not vaccinated. How can it even save Hong Kong from the pandemic? How can we even secure the safety of domestic workers? We can still be infected if one of the family members is also infected. So I think this has become uh, illogical. And again, I agree uh, uh, to Mr. Chang that, you know, it doesn't address the real problem of the pandemic. So I think they really have to review their own policy. And again, uh, we really uh, uh, criticize Hong Kong government and really demand them not to inject any kind of discrimination uh, policies within this uh, fighting COVID-19 schemes.
Okay, um, Mr. Slurry, but um, there are many other sectors in Hong Kong who are required to take a jab, at least. Uh, for example, in the restaurants, in bars, um, those who work there are required to take the jab. Uh, so the, I, I, you know, I don't think that this is, um, you know, discriminating against um, migrant workers, but I, I do understand that it takes time, and some people might, you know, might not uh, be suited to take the vaccine. How, how are your members feeling? How are the Indonesian migrant workers feeling about vaccination? Are they, are they actually okay to do the vaccination, or are they a bit scared? So let me just address to that. Uh, I understand that the bar, uh, people who work at the bar has to do that, you know, because they have to meet every different, you know, every day they have to meet different people all the time. But we are not. We only meet the family member in the house. And then when we go out, we just go to the market and buy stuff. Sometimes we don't even go to the market. And only on Sunday we meet few friends. We don't even even meet the, the whole population of domestic workers. So let's let's be clear with that. We don't engage with too many people every single day. Okay, so that's the difference. And then the the second, how do we feel about this uh, policies? As I you know, as I said earlier, we are actually feel very angry. Uh, a lot of people are really uh, crossing the Hong Kong government and feeling that, you know, uh, whatever we've done for Hong Kong families, Hong Kong society, Hong Kong economy, it means to nothing. In the end of the day, we are always be subjected to any kind of abusive treatment, blame, scapegoating, and then we will be put in a position that you have no choice, but you have to do this. You want a job or not, then do it. You know, if you don't want, then leave. You know, that kind of very insensitive, inconsiderate kind of regulation, both not only to domestic workers, even to Hong Kong employers. Remember, Hong Kong really is in the uh, crisis of hiring domestic workers. You know, so like it or not, we are the only people who are left in the city who should be maximized to even Hong Kong helping Hong Kong families. So treating us better will actually help to make Hong Kong family at ease. At least it will also harmonize relation between employer-employee. But this regulation, even by today, has actually created a lot of tension. You know, a lot of Hong Kong employers do not want to be vaccinated. That's why they don't even push the domestic workers to be vaccinated. But because of this new policy, employers are telling the workers, oh, you have to get vaccination, but they help provide that. You don't get vaccination. If I get vaccination, what is the point? So they are in, actually there is already an argument. And beyond that, some employers are already creating a letter stating that the helper must sign that they will not take any accountability of any uh, consequences in terms of health. So, you know, even this actually also pressure employers unnecessarily. Okay, uh, and this is a question from uh, MT. He says, I am unable to arrange an appointment for our helper until Monday the 10th of May. This is after the deadline. What will happen when my helper attends her test appointment? Will there be an on-the-spot fine? The government requirements for all domestic helpers to be tested has no logic, but unfortunately is typical of the government policies, no logic and contradictory. For example, requiring a whole block to be removed and go to Penny's Bay rather than lock down the whole building has been rejected by infectious disease expert Lung Chi Chu, who has said that the virus can spread via pipes. This was known during SARS, and yet what has been done to rectify private and housing pipes design? It seems nothing. This is a huge failing of the uh, government. Mr Chan, do you, do you know, I mean, you said there was going to be a big problem in, in getting all these tests done. Do you know if, if people are late, if they miss it? Do you know what the... Uh, is, is there a punishment or a fine or anything like that? Yes, do you know? There's a, if according to government uh, regulation, uh, for anyone, if they fail to execute the government instructions the first time uh, 
5,000 penalty will be imposed. Uh, that's why we, we are also uh, appealing to the government to give uh, more time or let the workers get enough time to do it. Of course, we also appeal uh, the employers, they should arrange workers to go out for testing during the working days. Don't just let them to do it in their holiday. That's also not fair to the workers. But uh, one more thing I want to, to add. If the government really introduced this policy of vaccination, I, I'm expecting maybe about 1% of total population, they, they might uh, refuse to do it and leave Hong Kong. So at least there, there will be 3,000-something workers leaving Hong Kong. Then this one will seriously enhance the shortage of supply in Hong Kong. <laughs> that, that's another issue. All right. Uh, okay. Well, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us, uh, Mr. Chan. Uh, Chan Tung Fung there, who's chair of the Hong Kong Union of uh, Employment Agencies. Uh, and in the story, will stay with us. And um, we'll continue the discussion uh, after the news at nine. Quite a lot of uh, emails uh, on this topic. Uh, for example, um, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Johnny says, in an ideal world, forcing people to vaccinate would clearly not be a desirable situation. But we're not in an ideal world. Rather, we're facing a once-in-a-lifetime global health crisis that requires extreme measures. Locals have thus far failed to get vaccinated for a host of reasons. Their existing health conditions, negative news flows, a wait-and-see stance, lack of urgency due to the very low numbers, uh, gesture of protest against Beijing and the Carrie Lam administration, etc. Whatever the reason for this rather pathetic situation, the current low take-up rate has to accelerate meaningfully if Hong Kong's lifestyle and economy are to recover. I'll finish that uh, email and uh, air some more after the news at nine. Uh, the weather first it's going to be mainly cloudy with some isolated showers 26 degrees the latest readings and the relative humidity is now at 90% back in three minutes Immunising children is considered to be a crucial next step towards achieving herd immunity and ending the pandemic The EMA expects to release the results of its evaluation next month You're listening to the news on RTHK Welcome back. Back chat on the Tuesday morning with Ada Wong and Mihu Tuiton. We're talking about uh, domestic helpers and uh, COVID-19 uh, with the uh, compulsory testing of all overseas domestic helpers uh, working uh, in Hong Kong and uh, plans to make it mandatory for uh, vaccinations for a renewal of uh, contracts. We're uh, hearing uh, what do you think of that. Uh, you can email backchat at rthk.hk. We'll read out your messages or you can call us on 233 Later, we're going to be talking about property market uh, in Hong Kong with, uh, I think, a number of people kind of surprised at uh, how good it is. Uh, we'll be talking to uh, someone from uh, Colliers uh, after 9.15 uh, on that topic. Uh, once again, if you want to contribute, we want to hear from you. You can go to our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, or you can email backchat at rthk.hk with your questions and uh, comments. We're joined by Annie Lestari, founder of the Association of Indonesian Migrant Workers. Um, I was uh, just reading an email from uh, Johnny. Um, 
Johnny was talking about uh, the need to uh, uh, get vaccinated and why people don't get vaccinated. Uh, Johnny says, in addition to incentivizing locals to get vaccinated by restricting restaurant or bar access to non-vaccinated individuals and reducing quarantine stays for vaccinated Hong Kongers, government should also offer $10,000 cash or coupons to everyone, including the 370,000 foreign domestic workers uh, who gets fully vaccinated before a certain date, say the end of June, which based on the current daily rate of around 37,000 doses administered would allow over a million uh, additional people to have received their two shots. If the promise of a cash handout works, government can choose to extend it beyond the deadline. On the other hand, if this programme fails to entice locals to sign up for the programme, then government should make vaccines obligatory for everyone, with the exception of those people's granted exception on health grounds. That's uh, from uh, Johnny. Uh, thanks for that. Jay says, as the Immigration Department, the Philippine Consulate and the Labor Department know exactly where all the domestic helpers live, which they don't, there should be 200 teams of nurses going on site to residences to give vaccinations. This will do two things. It will make sure the domestic helpers living in the appropriate conditions and it will also uh, give them their vaccinations. But instead, we are wasting money, paying government officials and wasting time with bad management. That's uh, from... Uh, Jay. Uh, S says these helpers need to be explained how viruses spread and how they need to be controlled. One of the main factors is when people gather in large groups. If the virus is virulent, then the risk can be very big. The virus can then easily and silently be passed from these large gatherings to the families they work with. They need to understand that it is important if there is a virus being spread silently, then it's important to be traced. Stop this emotional outcry. Please cooperate and get tested. That is uh, from uh, S. Uh, Emrys says, In my many years living in Hong Kong, I've never been so appalled by the comment of a spokesman for Labour and Welfare Secretary, Lord Chi Kuang, stating that helpers who don't want the vaccine can choose not to work in Hong Kong. Maybe he should direct this crass, imbecilic comment to all workers in Hong Kong, including his colleagues in the civil service, and see how they would react. Further thoughtless comments were made by, of all people, Ricky Chu, chair of the Equal Opportunities Commission, who claimed that forcing domestic helpers to be tested was not discriminatory as it doesn't target a specific race. Is there no shame among those who are trusted to lead us? That is uh, from uh, Emrys. Uh, and um, let's see, Tony says, school teachers are not forced to take the vaccine and they are with your children. Um, uh, GT says, isn't it about time we stopped closing streets in Central for domestic helper rest days? Uh, and we haven't heard from Mike this morning. Always good for a laugh to lighten the mood, especially his views on the CCP virus. That comes uh, from uh, GT. Uh, any listari? A couple of comments there on um, uh, domestic helpers on the on the rest days. Very often do gather in in, in large groups in 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 public places. Uh, isn't that a health risk? Do you think that maybe something should be done about that? Any listari? Yes. Uh, well, we recognise that issue for the longest time. In fact, uh, the question is where can we rest is the question. We don't have house in Hong Kong. We cannot just go to any mall all the time. We don't have much money to spend to, in Starbucks. And beyond that, you know, all those mall and places are really full of people on, on Sunday or even uh, holidays. So uh, really uh, staying in the park is the only possible way for domestic workers to rest. They can have a fresh air. They can, ha they can meet friends. They can bring their own food and share and so forth. But the, the problem why people are gathering in the big number is because most park, you know, most uh, public park in Hong Kong are really being limited in terms of where to sit. 
for example, in Victoria Park, where I got, uh, you know, where I go almost every Sunday, that, uh, uh, like I can say, fifty uh, or sixty percent of the whole park is closed down. So that means you don't just don't get to sit everywhere. You can only sit in certain area of the park. Even in Mayfu, for example, you cannot just sit everywhere. But remember, on Sunday, there is at least I can assume more than two hundred fifty or even three hundred thousand domestic workers who are enjoying a rest day. So can the Hong Kong government must think where they will actually rest and sit. You know, and the reason why people need to sit and rest is because they've been working full time every single day, no time to go out. They have been standing at least for 12 to 14 hours every single day. They really need to rest. Even little nap, it's really helpful. And they have to talk to their family. So that's why we are telling Hong Kong government over and over again, you know, instead of calling us uh, cockroach, you know, you are... Not, I mean, the, the public are actually blaming us because we are creating eyesore for Hong Kong, they say. You know, create space for domestic workers to rest. And what, how to do that? Open the park, at least give flexibility on Sunday for us to, to sit down, to rest, you know. And, and don't intimidate us. Don't, don't yell at us. And I think that is something more considerate rather than, you know, keep pushing us into one corner of the park. And that's really the reason why there is overcrowded spaces. So I think this is one of the old homework that Hong Kong government failed to address. Now, in time of pandemic, again, we are being blamed for that. Mm-hmm. But again, remember, all this park has been overcrowded for the longest time, maybe even since 1980s. Yeah. So I think, again, this is something that the government must review. And, and also another thing that is very unscientific is uh, there is no evidence that the outbreak is really happening in the park. You know, even one or two domestic workers were infected. Most of this spread is either in the boarding house of the agency or, or in the building itself. It doesn't happen in the park. So why, why again, blaming us for gathering in the park where we have no other place to go? And why again blaming us when there is no scientific evidence when we meet our friends that you will be infected? Of course, it can take a risk, but it's not really the solution. Yeah, over the years, I know that the Home Affairs Department and also district councils have come up with different options for migrant workers to stay on Sundays, including opening up the school hall of school buildings that are vacant, you know, without any students on Sundays. But somehow, you know, you know, you, you were not very enthusiastic about it. And so that has actually been tried out uh, uh, in uh, various schools in Taihang, just opposite the uh, Victoria Park, um, but, but it didn't work. So I'm just thinking, you know, um, you know, what are the good solutions to an overcrowding park uh, that we all well, know that might present problems? You know, it's something like, it's as simple as like this. You have been in the office six days a week. When you have a rest day, where do you want to go? Of course, the beach, right? Of course, something open door with children and so forth. The same with us. We have been in the house confined for like 24 hours a day, six days a week. And when we go out, we don't want to go to another room. So the only solution is open the park. Allow, give flexibility in different parts of the park to be used by the not only the migrants domestic workers, but even by Hong Kong public, so they can have three choices where to sit, under the tree, in the grass field, or even in soccer pitch when there is no one is using it. So I think that's the only way to go. It's not like putting us again to another room and for confine, confine us there. It will not help anything. And in time of pandemic, that is more dangerous. Mm-hmm. All right, some uh, more uh, emails. 
Uh, S says, also, the helpers need to realise that this kind of testing order is no different from asking residents of a building to be tested. If they gather in large groups, it's comparable to a resident building where residents would be in close proximity. That's uh, from uh, uh, S. Uh, JR says, sure, require all domestic helpers to have a jab. And yes, it's discriminatory, as restaurants do not have to have to take the vaccine. The requirement should be mandated for all service sectors or none. Get real and all levels of society are susceptible to the coronavirus, not just uh, maids. That's from uh, JR. Uh, Tony says, is all government workers vaccinated? Nope. Um, S says, tell this helper that it took only one hot pot dinner gathering to spread the virus. So do not say that you only go out once a week. Uh, any should be exempted. That's uh, from uh, uh, S. JC says, uh, pathetic from Backchat, making an effort to show that this mandatory testing for domestic helpers is not racist. You stress that other foreigners or expat groups have been asked for mandatory testing. Well, that is correct. Mandatory testing within the cluster and close contacts. Uh, why does a domestic helper that works in Shoke Wan, for example, or Moron Shan, who hasn't been anywhere near to Tung Chung, need to be tested? A truly pathetic Backchat. That comes uh, from uh, JC. I think we said that, JC. Uh, Alango says, I think it is about the basic mindset towards foreign domestic helpers. Just look at how the local media is treating them. I see this article from Apple Daily almost raising concern about foreign domestic helpers, quote, coming with friends, talking and laughing, unquote, when they came for mandatory testing on Sunday. The stigmatising of a community during every outbreak is becoming common, uh, even in the media, not only the people. The local media has to change its attitude uh, in dealing with the COVID-19 outbreak and vaccines as well. That comes uh, from uh, Elango. Uh, and uh, John uh, says, uh, is there a law that can oblige you to take medical procedures against your will? The mandatory test imposed to a domestic helper has been issued via media. Is this a legal way for the government to issue uh, mandatory requirements? If someone does not comply uh, and get fined, is this legal? Uh, that comes uh, from John. I don't know if a test is a, is that a medical procedure? Uh, uh, I'm not sure about that. Um, Any Lestari, um, you know, um, people who are working in, in catering, uh, now they more or less have to, if they want to keep their job, they have to uh, uh, go to tests uh, and um, pretty much have to have to uh, have the vaccination. Uh, the same is being applied to uh, teachers now. Um, I mean, if other groups, are, you know, if this is enforced with other groups, would you accept it? For, uh, for foreign domestic helpers. This is also something that happens uh, after all. I mean, foreign domestic helpers uh, deal very often, has been pointed out, uh, with, uh, with the vulnerable uh, elderly and with uh, young people and with families uh, and so on. I mean, they have a position in society and they should shoulder responsibility just like uh, other sectors do. Well, I think uh, let's go beyond all this uh, mandatory in certain type of category. I think the question is the Hong Kong government is really uh, sincere in, in fighting this COVID-19. Actually, the whole population must be tested and perhaps must be vaccinated. I mean, that's one and for all, not like only this part and that part. Remember, even in the case of domestic worker, most of the infection is not because we infect, we were infected by the family members. So then the Hong Kong government also have to ask all employers and the families to be vaccinated if they want to secure the household. You know, so I think that, that to be fair, that should be the way to go. Then at least the elderly will be safe. 
you know so even even the elder is vaccinated the the, the helper is vaccinated but the, the young people in the house are not being vaccinated and the other one who go out here and there meeting friends and they might be infected and when they come to the house they might still be infecting the you know the both the the, the domestic worker and also the elderly so so this is again uh, you know as i share the sentiment with others you know how would this be effective in terms of fighting covid is uh, if let's say half of the population is uh, vaccinated but half do not so i think that is where the concern is about you know aside of the discrimination to certain type of categories so i think that's where I really, you know, for us, like, how will it really solve the problem by forcing 370,000 domestic workers to be vaccinated if in the end of the day, the whole family is not even vaccinated? Mm. And then in the end of the day, we can, we, the vaccination doesn't mean you will not be infected yet. You know, I mean, you, you might, there is still a possibility you might be infected, you know. So, so again, uh, what is the point of this policy? But beyond this, what I want to raise is also a part of public awareness. Up to now, the Hong Kong government do not have any program to educate the ethnic minorities about this vaccination, not even in our languages. So all these things we have to access in English or Chinese. And and there was a question like, what? How the uh, sorry, but there's a website uh, with a number of uh, uh, ethnic minority languages. I, I've yes, actually yes, gone through it. Yes, yeah, there is a website. But again, when I say public education, you have to create a program where you outreach to us, for example, in Indonesian language, not only giving a leaflet, but the public awareness using television or radio and so forth. Even Hong Kong people need a lot of education about this vaccine and all the more us. And there was this question, are we scared? Yes, we are scared. You know, in Indonesian culture, we do not uh, get vaccination until you are really, really ill. So now, you know, out of blue, you have to be vaccinated. So everyone is actually afraid. What happened if something happened to their body? What if they get injured? What if they die? You know, you have to survive for our family back home. This thing needs an education. Even in time during the pandemic, the government just giving a flyer away, but they don't create any sufficient public awareness in different languages, using television, radio, and so forth, to, to facilitate, you know, uh, the information of the vaccination, the testing, and so forth, to the ethnic minorities, including domestic workers. I think that's one of the biggest uh, weakness of the Hong Kong government in terms of education and public mm. awareness. And now nothing, you know, out of blue, you know, not only testing. Maybe testing has no harm or, you know, physical consequences, but vaccination has. For example, I did vaccination, like, last month. You know, I was very tired at least for two or three days. And there is no... Uh, flexibility of the Hong Kong government, you know, by giving, for example, every, you know, at least one or two days sick leave, something like that. I, I believe even ho all, all other uh, Hong Kong people are also having the same thing. But if you are an employee and you have to work, that is different case. A lot of my friends who are taking care of elderly are really complaining. You know, their their arm is really numb and so painful, but they have to leave the elderly. They have to still, you know, normally work. Mm. That kind of thing. So that's why people, all the more when... Right. They, uh, know, can, you know, can I ask you something? Uh, yeah. Before the news, Mr. Chan said that uh, uh, as many as 3,000 workers uh, might want to leave Hong Kong and go to work somewhere else because of uh, this uh, unfair policy. Um, do you think this will happen? And, uh, you know, which cities are more attractive to you nowadays? Well, uh, that could happen. Uh, you know, uh, now all the more that uh, people are, are, 
are how to say uh, not only that they only not only that they want to leave but also many of the regulation in Hong Kong become very unfavorable. What country there will a lot of Filipino definitely will choose a place like Canada, Europe, and other you know more advanced countries. Uh, for Indonesia, they might choose to either like Singapore and uh, Taiwan or even um, Canada, you know, because now we, we could have a way to migrate to uh, those areas. So that might happen. But, you know, again, people, a lot of people still need jobs because of inequality and poverty in the world. So there will always be a stock of domestic workers, you know. But then again, uh, there will be all the more abuse because they do not know their legal right and Hong Kong government just in the past trying to get more so-called cheaper by importing like Burmese, Bangladesh. But again, they are not really prepared, educated and so forth. So it become as if, you know, if you don't want an empowered domestic worker, get the less empowered one. And I think that's not the way to go. It okay. become very inhuman. All right. Uh, Emery uh, says uh, your Indonesian guest is far more articulate than all our ind- administration put together. Uh, Emery, thank you very much indeed for that. And thank you to uh, uh, Eni Lestari, founder of the Association of uh, Indonesian uh, Migrant Workers. Uh, Paul says, uh, is this finally recognition of domestic helpers as essential frontline workers? If so, hail to the domestic helpers. They deserve a lot more positive recognition now than ever before. Uh, uh, Doug says government says get the jab uh, but there is no benefit from getting the vaccine if the government still locks up whole blocks of people Uh, many have had the jab many two jabs they have negative tests as the CE said six weeks ago it's inhuman and uh, physiologically damaging these are locked up people are taxpayers in Hong Kong they need to work 21 days no Wi-Fi no time allowed outside in an open space just bordering criminal the government is clutching at straws with no strategy completely separating from the million citizens that live here using terminology like mutant fifth or sixth waves of scare tactics but uh, as above not point to get jabbed if no benefits that's uh, observation from doug joe says why are we testing when we should be uh, jabbing uh and um let's see uh uh, Joe says, "If I catch, can I catch the virus from someone who has just been vaccinated? Because every time my child has the flu jab, we catch the uh, cold." Uh, and um, some uh, longer uh, emails. Um, uh, Magnus, uh, Magnus, I'm fr- oh, I think I'll have to tackle that. Your long email t- uh, tomorrow. Um, uh, TC says on the question of RTHK, bad news that RTHK management is going to cut short the stay of past programs. Substantial proportion of your productions are reservoirs of knowledge, among other things, for understanding of the world. And frankly speaking, for myself as an undereducated person, for further study. Personally, strongly against such an unreasonable policy. Programs should be available to retrieve as long as as facilities and resources are sufficient. That is uh, from uh, TC. Um, Mike says uh, self-censorship question mark this is what wasn't read from my email yesterday introducing Dr Mike Yeadon PhD in respiratory medicine former VP of Pfizer and in the vaccine business for over 30 years he's a hero to some for standing up for science that happens to be against some of what's happening in today's COVID response feel free to comment and do some research FYI I have a doctorate degree I'm able to understand much of the many scientific papers that oppose the current mainstream media and government supported efforts to create the present narrative unless your memory fails how many times has who and the government's lied to us in the past year inconvenient facts question mark 
Bowen says, uh, I fully agree with the sentiments expressed by Matthew at the beginning of the show regarding the scope of the topics tattled by Backchat in recent times. Despite the importance of COVID developments, devoting half the show to the topic on days when discussing it is felt necessary should be enough on most occasions. Uh, this is the case because we have so many other topics that we cannot afford to avoid. The havoc wreaked on RTHK since the accession of Patrick Lee to the post of Director of Broadcasting, Ronnie Tong's letter to Hong Kong last Sunday, and most importantly, from my point of view, now that LegCo's supervisory role has been weakened, the need to keep a close watch on how legal issues are handled by the government, including the contents of proposed legislation and drafting of upcoming bills by the DOJ, are all topics that need to be explored and discussed. The enactment of the national security law seems to create an atmosphere of ushering in legal concepts and approaches that are not fully known to the common law. We need to emphasise the maintenance of common law values and methods in applying the new national security law and how that's being monitored in the media, including Backchat, which is the only English-language daily current affairs show with public participation, should be a matter of utmost concern to our society. That uh, is uh, from Bowen. Thank you very much indeed for that. We're going to talk about the Hong Kong property market now. And uh, Alison says, if, as the British government forecasts, 300,000 local residents emigrate to the UK under the BNO scheme, you'd think that the first thing they'd do is to sell their Hong Kong home, especially given the disproportionately high percentage of their net wealth that is tied to that single asset. But as you point out, the local residential market is very strong, notwithstanding the past year's recession and are still high levels of unemployment. Does this perhaps suggest that the bearish expectations of a mass exodus of 300,000 Hong Kongs is far too pessimistic? Question mark. That is uh, from uh, Alison to talk about the property market. Now we have with this Rosanna Tang, Head of Research in the Hong Kong and Greater Bay Area for uh, Colliers. Ms Tang, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Hi, thanks so much indeed for joining us. So lots of figures showing that the market uh, is uh, uh, pretty buoyant. Uh, price is not exactly at their, at their peak, but uh, only like 5% off or something. Uh, people expected with the high unemployment and with uh, the economic problems associated with COVID that the property market would, would go down rather more. Are, are you surprised by, by how well it's doing? Well, actually, well, to be honest, it's not entirely to my surprise. And actually, if you zoom out slightly to look at what happened in the city in Hong Kong, um, in terms of transac uh, transaction perspective, while well, the market is actually probably doing uh, one of the most down year in 2020, although the economy has been weakening, however, it's surprisingly the transaction and the price level has been remaining uh, uh, holding very tight and uh, the solid uh, performance, I think it could be due to a couple of reasons, um, especially on the residential sector, which I'm, I'm sure you're referring to. Um, first of all, I think it's because of the very solid uh, pan of demand due to the prolonged um, demand supply imbalance that we've seen in the city. And Hong Kong has been really facing the supply issue and the housing crisis for over a decade of time. And this structural undersupply issue added with the um, widening inequality and wealth gap, uh, uh, indeed leaving many citizens waiting to step up to have their first home and their first property. And I think the second reason is also due to the policy. Um, the, we, we, we've been seeing Hong Kong government announced in 2019 to relax the cap on the property value um, eligible for mortgage loan with maximum over uh, of 80% LTV ratio for those property range from 6 to 10 million. And we do believe this policy will continue to lend support to the overall residential market. And third of all, it's also because of the low interest rate prospect. And now with the COVID, we do believe most um, countries' central bank, including Fed, 
Federal Reserve will continue their um, quantitative easing policy in the near term so as to stimulate the economy. And this is also pointed to the, the fact that interest rate will very likely to remain low in the near future and has pointed to a more favorable financing environment for property sector and especially for the rest of us residential market as well. Right. Um, um, is the demand for residential properties uh, from um, from locals or from uh, the Greater Bay Area? Well, I think before the COVID, it, you would see more, well, a higher proportion that are coming, um, relatively high proportion um, coming from the mainland side. But I think that fundamentally, um, nowadays, what we see uh, for the end user market are really coming from the local citizens. Um, so as you may also aware that there are certain people uh, who are still um, living in very tiny and, and small apartment or even subdivided units. Some of the newly wedding couple, um, they are waiting to have their first home. And these all, all these have, have formed a very strong pan of demand, um, no matter whether they're during the COVID period or not. Okay, uh, but um, uh, we all know that there are families immigrating and leaving Hong Kong. Um, how how does that show up, um, you know, in in the trends in your trends about um, you know prices of uh, residential properties? Well, as we, as we mentioned, actually, even for the last year when the, when the economy is facing south, uh, overall residential price is still holding up relatively tight. And year to date, I think um, the latest government figures show that actually um, residential price has already gone up by one to two percentage point um, from the first month. And as you mentioned earlier, yes, there may be some concern like uh, probably some citizens are looking to relocate to other countries. However, we do believe that most of these people are probably coming from a more highly educated ground or some of them would be the middle class having decent income. And they are not really urging to sell their properties in distress discount. And even um, even though we, we may see some cases like most people are actually willing to keep their home base in Hong Kong, but maybe some of them will seek other opportunities in, elsewhere in other countries. Uh, and what about the, the question of uh, people uh, leaving Hong Kong? You know, there was this expectation that hundreds of thousands of people would leave. Uh, is that not materialising or is that not affecting the property market? Um, I think this is a, a, an assumption by some of the other analysts. Uh, so far from the, the transaction volume that we've seen in the city, it's, it has not been reflected yet. And in fact, if you look into the latest um, government figures in terms of the transaction volume for the property sector, no matter for uh, residential sector or uh, non-residential sector. Sorry, sorry just, so just to clarify, how would it be reflected? Would you expect people to sell before they left or...? Or not, or what? How how would you see a reflection of it in the property market? Well, I I think um, maybe a portion of people will be considering to sell, but I think majority of the people will be willing to keep their home base in Hong Kong. I.e., they will not be really urging to sell their properties, even though they are seeking chances. Sorry, so 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 if it, if it if it was happening, you wouldn't necessarily see any kind of reflection in the property market because people would be holding on to their property, is that right? Yeah, I, I think um, in the near term, I do believe, um, even though some people are leaving, but in terms of the residential transaction volume, I do believe it would still be very solid and strong. 
And we do expect property price, um, um, especially for the residential sector, will still be um, on the upside um, this year rather than the downside. Okay, well, uh, many thanks for uh, joining us, uh, Rosanna Tang there, Head of Research uh, at uh, for Hong Kong and the Greater Bay Area at uh, Colliers. Thank you very much uh, uh, indeed. Uh, a lot of emails. I'll just say to Matthew and Bowen, the, the, the point is that there's a great deal of interest uh, in, in talking about that aspects of uh, COVID. We have uh, uh, many, many uh, emails, uh, as many as we've ever had. Um, uh, Matthew says, uh, Annie Lestari, advocate her views clearly and powerfully. It's a shame we don't have any government or elected officials who communicate that well. On the topic of COVID, as TV, TC pointed out yesterday, it's somehow it's considered perfectly politically correct and also patriotic to say Indian or UK strain, but totally unacceptable to use the factual term Wuhan virus. Uh, RTHK, uh, Hugh, does RTHK have a policy or guideline on using these terms? Is saying Indian or UK strain uh, uh, OK? Uh, Matthew, I, uh, I've noticed that our news now gives the uh, scientific uh, designation for uh, diff- different strains rather than a geographical one. Uh, Jay says, oh, we are not being told the truth about how many people from China are buying property and we're not getting the truth about the B&O exodus. And we're not being told the true price of properties because there are very many small subdivided properties on the market which have many vacant properties that have been vacant for years. That's uh, from uh, Jay. Uh, John says, very articulate guest from Indonesia. Could she be offered a co-host uh, contract? Uh, you know, John, I did actually try once to... Yeah, I, I did invite her as a co-host. Uh, anyway, uh, Andrew Kay says, your co-host stated many people leaving Hong Kong to the UK. Really? Uh, any proof? Uh, question mark. Uh, and on Facebook, TC has a comment addressed to Andrew Kay. He says, using his logic, nobody forces ethnic Chinese to emigrate to the West at gunpoint. They went in search of better life. Why should anyone care if they're getting discriminated? The same goes for mainland Chinese who moved to Hong Kong on a one-way permit and are complaining about Hong Kong. That is uh, from uh, TC. CW says, listen to Ben Cowling. The chance of getting COVID outdoors in parks is uh, very low. Tony says, well, well said. Force everyone, even Hong Kong citizens, to get vaccinated. Then we will have something to uh, talk about. S says, get this straight. The only reason the helpers were asked to be tested is because the double variant was found in two domestic helpers. And so health authorities want to find out about silence spreading among helpers as they gather in large numbers. This is truly science-based. That is from uh, S. And Tony also says vaccine does not stop you getting the virus. It helps you recover if you get the uh, virus. Once again, Magnus, apologies. I'll read your uh, message uh, in full uh, tomorrow. Uh, we've run out of time uh, for the uh, moment. Uh, the weather forecast, it's going to be mainly cloudy with some isolated showers, hot with sunny periods during the day, 26 degrees, the latest readings, and the relative humidity is at 88%. The Women's Commission's Capacity Building Mileage Program provides a wide range of courses